0: Coming up, Matt almost gets killed again. I'm not redoing much besides sitting on a bed and playing Zelda. On assignment desk, people have been slightly better. In Masterclass, we talk about inspiration. Pledge cues, we have questions about creativity. And we wrap it up with Cross Counter where we take you to Augusta. Episode 63 is next.
1: You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line!
0: This is view vocal. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment, please go to patreon.com b-l-f-s. That is patreo dot com slash b-l-f-s. And show us how much you love us, because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. So, let's kick off this wonderful April with news.
1: News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves, because
0: we like to. Can So I can't think of anything that's actually that happened anything in my life the past month. I've been bedridden really. So um please go ahead, Matt Cohen. I can't believe you haven't sure wheeled been yourself
1: been around, you know, like in a
0: like a segue or something like that. Well I can't hold on. I might need two hands to take pictures, you know. I've got crutches.
1: Nah, you know, you take the segue, you take a backpack, and then you know, you just sit in a chair for the rest of the time.
0: Yeah that's basically what I do well I have um, my crutches and I walk around with it by the time this comes out I will have had another cast of bends, and that will then allow me to walk without crutches and that means I will be able to go places like get on the airplane and go I won't be able to actually go upstairs with my right leg apparently until for another six weeks yeah so you know it sucks it sucks being injured so, go ahead, what was your best and best and worst of the, the week, the week, the month uh, the past
1: month <laughs> uh I don't have any worse. I definitely had a most stressful um which is funny because it was I shot a wedding, and it's only the second it's one. only the second wedding that I've ever shot and but it was for a good friend of mine, and they decided to get married at noon outside. Um, in kind of a remote location so I couldn't bring lights or reflectors mm. or an assistant or anything like that. You know try shooting a cowboy getting married at noon uh, that's that's very challenging so it was kind of a very quick thing and there was a lot of running around trying to frame out the woman that was marrying them the background so that was pretty stressful all things considered. <laughs> My best shoot was I had another mud mud rodeo the same one that was super muddy last year was super muddy again this year i don't know i guess i'm used to running around in the mud enough that it wasn't too much of a problem until one of the last bulls out tried to kill me with his horn (laughs) i managed to get out of the way but it's funny when you think about a wedding being more stressful than almost getting killed by a bull so that's where we are.
0: Well weddings are yeah, they are quite stressful, you know, because you're responsible for a um, a very important day and it really depends on you for basically them feeling, you know, shitty about their day or not. And it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Like, you know, you getting gorged by a bull is like I don't know, maybe maybe like Jackie will be sad, but that's about it. Or maybe your sister, you know. That's about it. I mean, parents, I'm a bit, I'm not quite sure about your parents being sad. It's like, oh, I'm mad, you know, we still got another offspring, so we can just kind of put all our love to that, and that'll be fine. But I think wedding, does a lot riding on it. It really, really yes. is. And, yeah, I think it's it's always a case, like, I don't know, wedding is, is more akin to, like, um, like a studio shoot in a way that I, I feel more pressure to do studio shoots than more when I do, like, sports stuff
1: you're more responsible for the outcome than you are like you know if there's a
0: because you can control it as well you know Mm what i mean like there's a lot of controlling involved and with sports i mean there's so many there's a luck factor involved in a lot of sporting moments and you have to be there right there at uh, the right place at the right time if you're not then you're just right there's nothing else you can do yeah so and weddings that you're you know you're supposed to be wherever you can be uh, my best and the worst best <laughs> i don't know best shoot best shoot i um started taking pictures with the uh my panorama camera which is a film camera which is, has been l- limitedly fun so i want to see like how it's going to work out um i've been thinking about like how it's going to look like when i push it two stops because the 400, so in case you don't know about the whole pushing and pulling thing film cameras are rated a certain way like you know you have your digital camera you can just like change your isos like you can from i don't know whatever like 50 to you know twelve thousand eight hundred, even more for a lot of different cameras it's the sensitivity to light and in film cameras they're set so they're set at 400 like it's it's actually made to shoot in that 400 light situation but you can also push it which actually adds more grain to the picture i want to kind of like try it because i want to use it for sports if it's going to be evening i need to push it by like two stops, like to 1600 or even worse like maybe three stops which i don't really know if i can do with a 400 film but um i like to kind of give it a try and see how that's going to go so i'm kind of test running it right now but currently just shooting it as is and it's interesting to like focus stuff with like manual lens it's like it drives me crazy. I don't know how people do it. I really, really don't know. The worst is the new Zelda is very difficult. You know, I've been playing on the Switch. I'm All sorry, right. it's got nothing to do with sports photography. The new Zelda is, is much more difficult than I thought. That I'm actually um I'm enjoying it, but uh, it's not very very easy. <laughs> it's my best and the worst. It's terrible. <laughs> so, um yeah, no, I'm done. I'm for myself.
1: We should have replaced you for this week. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: I should have got someone
1: else to do it. It's like when you're in an outlaw motorcycle club. If you can't actually go on the rides with them, you can't be in the club anymore.
0: I think I might have to Well, listen, like I think for the month of April, ooh, we're actually kind of halfway. Well, listen, like I, I think I'll, I will shoot something in May. Like I'm, I'm going to um have my my yeah this like bendy thing for my leg now, so I can at least walk, and that means I can have two hands free, and I will be able to shoot. So. I'm hoping that I will come up with like this glorious, you know, fantastic shoot that I will go sometimes in the next couple weeks and then I'll tell you guys about it and be happy about my life in general. How depressing. Well, that's about it uh, with news and uh, we'll see you back with uh, The Assignment Desk. We give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening, don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive listener or a bad one. This is part two or kind of like the we we're doing it again thing for being closer and details. I'm happy to say that we've had a couple of entries that are really spot on, like it's details. It's 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 good. I mean, so because from none to like three. We basically had a 300% improvement on the um, actual like detailed shots, which is uh, it's a good thing. It's a very, very good thing. The sad part is that not like th- basically three compared to one. I We were hoping that you're going to have a bit more than that. I find it very strange, and I think Matt will probably say the same thing as well, that you cannot get these type of shots, especially for the guys who are not shooting professionally. Meaning, like you're not shooting like pro sports, you're shooting like amateur sports. It's one of the, probably the easiest thing to do. Well, we didn't. You guys didn't really, you know, do anything about it, which saddened me to no end. Which in in turn makes Matt's day awful all day. Maybe, maybe he doesn't really care. I don't know, but it's not it's not good. Do you actually have this type of of uh, assignment desk? Like we should. Be able to do a lot more than than this, and the flicker's down, so I can't really see it. But Matt will probably start off and let me know what's going on. So Matt Cohen, you looking at the thing?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, just before that, I want to say a couple things about this. And it's when I was first getting started, I was making a lot of the same pictures. It was, I I think, the first couple things I shot were like definitely soccer bikes, you know, bike racing. And it was all, you know, the two guys in a ball, guy pedaling a bike, and there was no variety. It was just snapshots of those. Like I had really good gear already, but it was still just the the guy riding a bike coming right at me, centered, two guys jumping at the ball, all the limbs in the ball in the frame. And what happens is after a while, or even after one event if you take a lot of pictures and you're looking through them you're getting caught up on oh yes I got this or I didn't get this but if somebody else who knows what they're doing is looking at it they're saying this person has no no idea what they're doing because this is the same picture over and over again the only thing that's different is where they are on the field and maybe there's one guy or maybe there's two different guys or whatever you have to look at all your pictures at the same time whatever software you're using you can go back and just say, you know, all pictures for the last three months or something like that and just page through them. And if they're all looking the same, you're definitely not doing it right. There's a guy who's putting pictures one at a time into the pool right now. And it's one car on the same part of one racetrack. And I see them come in every single day and I'm sitting there going, what was this guy doing? You know, what was he thinking about? You can't, there's, you can't show more than one of those pictures to anybody you're trying to get a gig, you're trying to get published or anything like that, all they're going to say is, well, you just sat there for the whole day and made 300 pictures of people coming around the same bend. And yeah, it's a cool bend because you lose part of the track because it's below the level that you're at. And, you know, that's great, but I don't need to see a picture a day of the same kind of car on the same exact part of the track. How you add detail to it is wide angles, close-ups, silhouettes, all the things that we talk about all the time. And silhouettes, I'm sorry, uh, close-ups are a big part of that because you're going somewhere where the person who's watching the game can't go. And what that does, people get used to it on TV. They get used to the TV angles. But when you give them something that they don't even show on TV, you're definitely going to get their attention. And then all it is is just perfecting how you're doing it. I'm really surprised because a lot of people aren't shooting professionally and they have better access than at the professional things. And we're still seeing so few entries in it. It's a little bit weird to me. I I don't. Maybe it's because you guys are shy. That's really the only thing I can think of. But the thing is that nobody's going to scream at you. Like, don't I'm not saying go over a line. Don't go in an area where you are not supposed to go to but if people are just standing around if it's a bench or something like that you can get really close to it and if somebody's not cool with that they'll just say yeah you can't be here go back to where you're supposed to be or something it's not going to be the end of the world yeah there are a couple good examples of it i want to talk about jim's picture are you can you see flicker again yeah, yeah yeah all right so jim has a bull rider all the the whole picture is the bull rider's hand in his glove and his rope on top of the bull and this is not a bad picture it's fine but sometimes they they stick the the tv camera into the shoot with the bull but a lot of times they don't and when they do it's never this close and it's never this composed it's you know kind of jittery jumpy kind of thing but the thing is that you don't need to be in the shoot to do this the bull rider has to put the rosin onto the rope behind the scenes and you can get much closer and still be very safe. And so I'm looking at this picture and what jumps out to me is that there's a lot of the picture that's taken up by just darkness. There's a lot of the picture that's taken up by the bull's back. I don't need to see as much of the hand as I'm seeing, like you could still boil this picture down to more of its essence, which is really the grain of the glove, the fingers and the bull rope well, this is a fine picture. This isn't exactly what we were looking for because I want to see the details of it all. Really, Jim's? So, really is a
0: it's a no no? It's, it's still too far. I'm,
1: no, no. I no. I'm not saying it's a no no. I'm saying for this kind of picture, if if what you're if what you're going for is a hand and the rope, you can do this behind the scenes and you can get even so closer right. than right. this. I want people to get too close and then have to back off. This was pounded into my head as I was learning, when you're newer at this and you think you're close enough, you're almost never close enough. So like I said, this picture is fine. You know, I don't mind it. There's nothing wrong with it. But the assignment was close up. And there is, even if you can't get close up enough while the bull rider is actually on the bull, these pictures happen all the time behind the scenes and you can get even closer than this you can pull out even more detail than this and you can get rid of things like the bull's back that, that don't really add to the picture because the picture is the grain of the leather of the rope the cutouts of the fingers and the the glove and the you know the little twines coming off of the rope so this is an example of when you think you're close enough you're probably not close enough get closer to the point where you can't even focus your camera anymore and then back up until you can. And that's probably where you should be. And
0: also, like, just in terms of access and things like that, um, if you get closer, usually if you're shooting a sporting event, a high-level stuff, they will probably tell you to, like, physically, like, don't go in there or back off. But what you can do is take a picture and then get the hell out of there. If people will, not in general, huh? Like these bouncers and security people will not say, will not like, you know, beat you up just because you're very, very close. They will kindly usually ask you to say, you know, please step away. We are not supposed to be here. That's a warning. If you can actually get your stuff done sneakily done, and if you get caught and uh, the guy say, hey, you're not supposed to be here. Please go back to where you're supposed to be. And I say, hey, I'm sorry. And just go and get out. That's it. That's all you got to do. Don't be afraid. I mean, yes, I'll be. But this is, but this is just at pro events, you know, at at amateur kind of games or something like, like that. And see basketball and things like that. I'm sure they're going to be quiet.
1: Right. Know. Well, you have to. The higher level the event is, the more aggressive yeah. the security is going to be, and you might not actually get a warning. That's what I'm saying. You need to. You need to know where you are, and so you you can't go to an NFL football game and just wander. Into the bench area. I'm not suggesting that, and I'm suggesting that you don't do that, but you can. If you're shooting lower level kind of stuff, nobody's going to tell you, you know, if you're at your kid's game or something like that, they're not going to tell you you're too close, you know, get out of here or no. something. There are other, like a little league game or a high school game or a small college game, like a triathlon or any kind of like community running race or something like that like all of these things you're going to be able to get closer and you should be taking advantage of those kind of things don't try this jim had good access to get this close to a bull because this is actually pretty dangerous like that bull even though he's in a shoot can still buck out of that shoot if he's really upset um so you know you have to use common sense but the thing is that again you can take yourself out of danger and when the when the cowboy is getting his rope ready behind the scenes you can get a lot closer than this
0: without without putting yourself in danger and also like just to remind you that this is photography which means that if i didn't know anything about like i don't really know that much about rodeo but you know since i've known matt i've seen a lot of rodeo photography if I didn't know anything about rodeo, I would really wouldn't know what was going on either. And that's also very very important that you put the context inside the picture so that a lot of people can understand what you're shooting. Because the closer you get, the more details you get, but also the context usually becomes very specific. No, no because like if you're shooting a rodeo, the entire like the stadium or the venue you'll know it's rodeo because you have the, you know, the guy and the, the, the bull and then whatnot. But if you come closer and closer and closer, you lose the the bull's head or you lose, you lose the cowboy's hat, all these things. You have to then be able to then make it a picture just with that, if you know what I mean. And it's very, very important. You actually have to add context inside the picture to be able to then tell a story for even for people who don't know much about rodeo. Right? It's very, very important. By the way, with all the pictures that are here, J. Rash is by far the best one, Yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good picture. You know, with the whole dust up, and you can see it, right? And you can see like it's a baseball.
1: I can. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't like this. Out picture. of all of them, um,
0: with the dust and like the guy sliding, and like
1: I think there's two. I think first of all, the there's too much of the base, you know, because what we're doing hmm. here, like you're you're not not spoon feeding the picture to people. You don't need this much of the base to have it be recognizable that it's a base. You already have a glove. You already have the hand, you know, sliding in there. You already have a batting helmet. Yes, it's not the whole base, but it does not need to be, you know, four fifths of the base, which is really what it looks like there is. So necessarily, I want to see that dust in focus. I don't need to see the base in focus.
0: I think you probably had it for, uh, pre-focused there and just shot it, right? When the guy slid or something like that. I think was, that's what he probably did. Yeah. No, I think it's a good idea. I think that's all. You also get really cool shots this way. Like, you know, if it's a situation like this. I think
1: it's a good idea. And I also think that, you know, this is where cool things happen, especially even at like a, this is the, this is the closest that you're going to get at like a, this isn't, no. I don't think this is professional, but. This is the closest, like if you're shooting inside third or inside first with a 400, that's pretty much the closest that you're going to be able to get to baseball action. That's a good place to start. But the thing is that when you're shooting from 20 feet away with a 400, your focus is going to be really critical. And I just think that what he's saying in this picture is that the base is the most important thing. That's going on here, where to me, dirt and the hand is more important. And so that's why I, you know, it's this is fine. I just,
0: you know, like I would like to see a bit more of the dirt and a bit more of the hand. And like in a way, like I, I think the, the gloves are a bit distracting because it kind of, you know, I would like to just see the hand and uh, the helmet. So that we just like see, like, okay, that's exactly that's all that is it, and maybe a little bit of the base. But out of all the three, this one is by far the best one. You know, it's exciting. There's something actually going on. Like Simon's, it's a mean it's a good attempt, but it's like it doesn't tell a story. I think Jim actually does. Like it's it's, it's more clear cut Jim's one, but I just feel like it's a bit, mm, it's not too exciting. You know,
1: I think Simon is the closest to it. I think that he got unlucky by the shoe being where it is because it's kind of it mm-hmm. distracts you between the hand and the ball that should really just be green there but i like how the the face is in there and the hand and the ball like yeah. that's that's, that's difficult, difficult. difficult. You, you're not you're not going to get those those things that close together in you know i think he just got unlucky with the with the shoe coming into the frame but i i think that like J Rash is probably the closest to a great picture but Simons is probably I you know I would rather look at this picture than than J Rash is because of how much of the base <laughs> is in J Rash's that's that's there kind of is. where I come down on it wow. but anyway you know the other ones listen you know a guy's whole head is not close that you know that's that's not close that's just like a cropped portrait read I mean this literally speaking this is what we're looking for like you can definitely see the engraving of the made in italy and you can see the teeth of it but it's just not interesting of a picture because there's no other context in it like you still this is this is like an iphone this is like a iphone with a close-up attachment or something like you're just walking around you see something you take a picture of it but you're not providing like any kind of um any kind of context in it like while this is close up what this picture would need is like a studio with lights and a macro lens and you're making like a landscape out of the, te- the sprockets you know like that's, that's what this would have to be like a, a studio lit portrait um, to make this interesting but it's you know you just you can't do that like at this angle and you can't do that out in the wild really and then Slim Shotty, it's not close up and this is not a good angle. Like you if you want to do something like this, you have to be at grass level. You can't be shooting over the boards or from a seated position or something like that and, and shoot this. This is never gonna be interesting oh, the enough like
0: kick? that. Yeah. It's too far. Yeah. With a face thing, with any like athlete, any sort of like kind of distinctive feature, like if it's eye black or if it's a skull. Sc- uh, like a blood or if it's dirt or something that kind of makes it a bit more you know athletic kind of in the moment thing then that would actually serve it up as a sports you know and a lot closer and there are a couple ones that I've actually said like that not close enough and like really is like not close enough Reed I think the oh there's another one as well oh there's one that uh, the, he's got his ring on and he's actually you know moving it towards the camera it's oh, this is by Gus it's not close enough Gus like it's just not close enough like you need to get close like you, i want to see a whole fist and then if it's just a ring you need a bit more So like i like to see like the car in the background or the car logo of the car in the background or something has to do with a driver like something that has to be in the background to say this is a ring and this is a ring that has something to associate with you know racing that's what context is so what we wanted to really teach you in this one, in this whole assignment, in the past two months, is that it's not just about getting close, but also getting close and actually then telling you a story that is relevant to what you're shooting. If I have a ring, and if I'm pointing it straight at the camera, and if this is exactly the ring that the, the you know this Gus's guy is doing on what kind of racing, it's funny car world champion, fine, and I actually have that in the camera. What's the difference between me and him? If I just have to take a picture of that ring, nothing besides the hands, obviously. But if you don't know if it's that guy, how would you know if it's actually like if it's a sports picture? So then you have to like think about what can I do to make it so that there's a lot of details inside, but also at the same time, it tells a story that is obvious without looking at, without reading the caption, right? This is sports photography. And then we've gone through it so many times that we've, you know, talked about a lot with like, other uh with um competitions and things like that where you're forced to read a caption or to understand if it's a sports picture or not it should be evident that it's a sports picture and that's it period and that's very very important
1: i didn't see this one when we were talking before i this is i don't exactly agree because i think that it's it is evident because you have all the sponsor stuff in the background i think that what you need with this the you need you still need to be closer and it it gets really difficult with wide angle because how close you can get and you for focusing and then whether or not what you're focusing on is a big enough part of the picture that's it's probably just the wrong lens for this but i you know i don't mind this i don't think it satisfies the it's not close enough like because most of the picture isn't very close to it but um, I like the the pen in his hand, and I like you know how how his hand is compared to his face. The rest of it, like I, I would prefer like the the left two thirds of this picture. I don't need that that hauler on the right, really. But other than that, I mean, this is this is better than than what Gus has been doing. So,
0: but I guess that will be the end of this whole closer thing. But hopefully, that we kind of explained to you enough that. What you have to do when you have, if you're on assignment or if you're just doing shooting for yourself, that these type of images are quite critical. Just to have variations to what you're shooting, because the whole thing of I think doing this whole assignment desk is to have variations in your portfolio and have variations in your work. Because you can't, like you know what Matt was saying about that guy who's basically posting exactly the same picture over and over and over. That's not variation. That's just same picture with different cars. That's about it. Different courses, you know
1: so important to have variety i I promise you even if all you're doing is doing this for fun it's after you get a little bit better you're gonna look back at those pictures and you're gonna just kick yourself for wasting so much time making the same picture you need that variety whether it's for yourself or whether it's to show off to an editor or a client or something like that you need to show them that you're that you can think about what you're doing and that you can think because they can't if you if an editor sends you say you get a gig for a local paper and you go to a nascar race or something like that you can't send him 15 pictures of the same part of the track with the cars coming through even if there were like multiple cars coming through you can't you can't do it because the paper's not going to want to run all those pictures they're not even going to want to run them in a gallery on the website because it's lazy, so you have to give them variety. And even if you're not shooting, for, you have to get in the mindset of providing that variety because that's going to come at some point.
0: And that does it. Tune in next week. No, not tune in next week. Tune in um the next like you know couple of seconds, and you'll know what you have, what you will have to do for the following month. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com. Now, Masterclass for next month is Inspiration. So I came up with it like it's not e- easy to come up with um, masterclass stuff that relates to assignment desk later on like because we've done so many of them at this point now it's very difficult to come up with different ones but we will keep on trying. Inspiration is what I want you to do is I want you to be inspired by something that is not sports photography. So whether it be music, whether it be just like life in general, there be another you know photography that could be like you know studio stuff. It could be weddings it could be anything or you can just go look at art like if it's you know paintings sculptures anything like if it's something visual audio like something that inspires you to actually take a specific sports photo so that means you have to for the next you know a week or two look at stuff and say uh, or listen to things or whatever or you can even read a book and then you give us a photo that you've been that you've actually shot being inspired by that particular element particular thing that you've been inspired by okay so hope that's that's very clear so it doesn't matter what it is does that be a photo it doesn't have to be anything visual it could be audio it could be anything it could be food for all okay like i don't mean but just explain very very briefly i don't want like too Paragraphs worth of this inspirational thing, just say, I was inspired by blah, blah, blah. Period. That's it. If it's not something that you can actually put something visual as well. So if it's something from a, if it's another photo, or if it's actually the artwork, just say, I was inspired by, you know, Monet, this particular painting, or I was inspired by, you know, uh, Chopin, or whatever, like if it's music, you know, like just say that um, and give us whatever you shot. Sports related. Okay. That's it. That's Masterclass. We're moving right along, and we'll see you with some questions.
1: If you're listening to this on iTunes, thank Apple and then rate us. The higher we are rated, the more popular we are, and one day we might be featured as the Top Sports Photography
0: Podcast. Critical Beatdown is a portfolio review service that Matt and I do. So you pay us hundred dollars. American no. dollars, not Canadian. I think maybe Canadian is the same amount as American dollars now. Anyway, doesn't mean Matt. It's not okay. What it is, yeah, so this is a review uh, portfolio review service. You give us fifteen pictures and we will make a video reviewing your all your all fifteen pictures. About one hour. And what's going to happen is that particular review will then go on to the website. So people can also look at your portfolio and say, hmm, hmm, ah, that kind of stuff. We've had a lot of success with this. Um, basically, this is an extension of Training Ground. So Training Ground, you submit two photos per month and you we will talk about your photos. But this is 15 photos. So basically, you save a lot of time. And obviously, we go, we're go. we much more thorough with your pictures because sometimes we go through training ground. If it's basically decent, we just got kind of to say, okay, it doesn't have to be here. But for the portfolio for the Critical Beatdown, we talk about even your good photos because you're supposed to have good photos for this one. This is not training ground. So if you're interested, please go to biglensfastshutter.com and, you know, contact us via that. Or please email us at me at biglensfastshutter.com And that is saveme, so S-A-V-E-M-E at biglensfastshutter.com um, I don't know, you can get us by Twitter or anything, you know? Uh, just different ways to contact us. and uh, Just contact us and let me know if you're interested. Listener Pledge q People who have been donating or kind of supporting us via Patreon are allowed to ask questions and we will answer them on podcast. You know, If you want to get involved with this, please go to patreon.com uh, slash BLFS. And that is patreo is com slash B-L-F-S. So this is from Kali Noro. It's a quite long one. The general components for a good picture are clear, good light, right timing, interesting action. Does the picture tell the story? Is the angle perspective okay? Is the background fine? Element of creativity and thinking, etc. etc. How to execute that is another story. What, in my opinion, is the biggest challenge is to understand what details differentiate a good sports picture to a great one, to the portfolio level, and secondly, how these details are contributing to the viewer perception. I do not know to which extent uh, you can train that, or maybe it is something you should be born with. Anyway, I believe some improvement can be always done, and here is my point for your consideration, in line with your mission statement to help people become better sports photographers. I think it would be great if you can do occasionally, easy once a year, a video showing only pictures that are great on portfolio level, with your comments why these are great pictures. Pointing out the details, saying what editors can think about, etc. In your training ground, which I like very much, from time to time, there are pictures that you comment, it should not be here, it is good. And you go to the next one. Personally, I would appreciate some more comments on those ones. Intuitively, I know why the particular picture is good, but if that can be decomposed, that's probably not the right thing, but he's not, this is not his, his mother tongue. So let's just let that slide. It would be very helpful. Pictures can be yours, other known photographers, or selected from Flickr group at your choice. I think this is a bit of positive examples it would complement the training ground in which is now focused on the pictures that are missing something. With regards Roman. Uh Roman recently was featured on Critical Beatdown. He paid money. We did his um, review for his portfolio. So I think the question is a the whole creativity thing. Are you born with it? Or you can, actually, can you train um, to become more creative? And the second one is, can we be more, can we actually talk about good pictures on training ground? Right? Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, mostly, I think.
0: Um, yeah. So the first one, can it, is creativ- creativity something that you were born with or can you make it, like, kind of, can you nurture it?
1: I don't know. This is like a chicken or the egg kind of question, really. Um, I think that everybody is creative or, you know, has the ability to be creative. I think you just kind of have to find it. And I think that that comes with experience and it comes with um, a lot of practice and being in situations. And then for me, it was always going out and shooting and getting pictures that were technically good pictures but that after you know we're just too similar to other pictures and just getting sick of that just getting sick of we were just talking about this like i would go to a track let's say i was shooting nascar and i would find you know a couple cool places on the track given the time of day and the way that the light was and i would just sit there and hammer it and that's fine when you're first getting started and you know you're trying to learn what you're doing and how to maximize those kind of pictures. But the problem is that you just get fixated on it. And I think that after a while, uh, for me anyway, I just started kicking myself because I was wasting the opportunities and that not wanting to waste the opportunities is kind of what brought out the creativity. Like I, I I really want to make the most of this. I really want to do something that people, other people aren't doing. So I, I don't think you can train yourself necessarily to be creative. I think it's just the, experience of going through it and knowing that you're better than you are but your pictures aren't showing it and then kind of using that to push yourself to do things that are different i think that you you need to look at a lot of other people's pictures and you need to kind of use that as you're shooting to to say really the goal of all this when i decide to take a picture when i decide to keep it when i decide to show it to other people is is the is this worth somebody else's time if an editor was scrolling through a thousand pictures would he stop even for 15 seconds or something like that and i use that as like a feedback loop to when i go out and shoot
0: i think it can be trained to a certain degree i think you can force yourself to like think outside of your own bubble you know i think it's possible but to kind of like truly harness creativity I think part of it you have to kind of be born with it because like it's also like that confident love the confidence level that you have like your work is is okay and that you're kind of not swayed by like other people saying like oh why do you shoot this way like you should like this is not the way to shoot you know baseball this is not the way to shoot like you know soccer or whatever like it you shouldn't have to like listen to those things because I think once you start listening to them, then it's game more because i remember like i i was at the world cup in in south africa and like this guy because we're so close to each other you know because we there's not that much like space um in these matches this guy was i wanted to use a 400 and he had to 7200 on because it was like you know right next to a goal and he's like like why are you using that this is how i shoot like it's not it's none of your business but in situations like that Ninety-nine percent of the people who are shooting football usually use seventy-two hundred because when it's next next to a goal, they want to get basically as this you know more. They have to have the option of shooting wide or shooting narrow so that they can send it to their agency. But why would why would I care? Like I'm shooting the way I want to shoot, and that confidence like saying I don't really care what you th- what you think about, and trying to basically then convey that that your confidence to other people only will happen i think if you're kind of born with it like that you have to be a bit of a rebel and actually being creative because you're also kind of going against the grain and saying like i'm i'm not shooting the way you know certain like you know events are shot like it's i'm doing some something completely different and i'm comfortable with it and that being comfortable is not a very easy feeling to have I think you can train it's like, but it's a personality thing as well, you know? Like, you're kind of born with that kind of way to say, I don't really care what you guys think. I'm going to do it my way, which is going to be completely different from what you guys are doing. And that's okay. And if you cannot say that, I don't think you can be creative because it's very, very, it's a, this sports photography, if you've been like looking at it for, you know, the longest time. In other mediums, talking like websites and things like that, is quite established. This is a, basically saying this is the way to do it. There's no other way, but why not? You have to say why not? Why not my other my way? Why not a completely different way? And you have to kind of be okay with it. Um, the other part is the whole training ground and talking about pictures that are good. That's basically what's the uh, the critical beatdown is for. It's gonna pay money for us to talk about your good pictures training ground we've said is for you to like try something new show us and say hey advice you know like i tried something new look how it did no how does it look or you're starting out you know doing sports photography and you show us stuff and we say whatever we want to say mostly negative stuff because you know we've always been quite tough on everyone and that's kind of how it works you know because I I don't like we we don't like dole out praises just for the sake of actually praising because you get that enough from your face we get front. this we get this they a lot man
1: we get people people want to yeah. turn training ground into a into a yeah and it's, it's, that's not what it's for we can consider some of those other ideas and doing things separately and maybe um, doing our members only Patreon videos on looking at some positive pictures but you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me or maybe it's just certain people learn from negatives more than positives. But I I just, I don't know. I know when I was first getting started out, if somebody showed me a great picture and said, here's why this picture is great. It wouldn't have helped me go out and make that picture. What helped me was somebody saying, well, this is why your picture isn't good because you did these three bad things. Like you, uh, underexposed for the skin tones and you were shooting at too high of an aperture and there's too much of the background in it and you're because of that your shutter speed was too slow and there's motion blur where there shouldn't be like those are all like I could learn instantly from those three things like the next time out I'm gonna put myself into a situation where the light was better so that I could have a better exposure um, a higher shutter speed and a wider aperture You know, that that would that would help me like I could bounce right off of that into something else. But if you showed me like somebody's, you know, some great Peter Reed Miller football picture or something like that and say, okay, here's all the reasons why. Because all the lines are parallel and perpendicular and he was shooting in this great light and this running back is jumping over the pile and he's three feet over the tallest hand or something like that. Like at that point, there was nothing I could do with that because I was shooting high school football nobody was jumping over the line like that and you're in a you know a situation where they're playing at uh seven o'clock on a friday night and there's no light other than the stadium lights or something like that like that stuff wouldn't have helped me at all like it's nice to know that kind of stuff but i really think that the negative thing like just don't do this anymore it kind of, because there's, it's so wide open. When you're going out and shoot, there's no rules. Nobody's trained you or anything like that. You just go out and start shooting. And if you can reduce the number of things that you shouldn't be doing, if you can say, okay, well, I'm just never going to try to shoot at less than 800th of a second anymore, and I'm never going to shoot at f5.6 if I don't have to or something like that. Those things you can just say, okay, I'm just not doing that again. But if you look at it the other way and say, oh, yeah, be creative and work with this great light. And you're just sitting there. I never have a chance to do any of this. So that's why that's why training ground needs to be training ground. And we can talk about the rest of it for other things.
0: This is by Simon. What workflow would use for shooting and transmitting images during an event? I'm currently shooting, reviewing photos and camera, locking locking the ones I want, then plugging the memory card into the computer. Ingesting those locked images into Photo Mechanic, tagging, editing in Photoshop, then uploading via Wi Fi or 4G. Have you got a more effective process? Is that basically. Yeah, no. I mean, this is pretty much. (laughs) What else do you do? do? No, I mean, you know,
1: the only thing is are you uh, using code replacement? Are you using the uh, IPTC stationary to, you know, kind of put in all of the things that you know, like the location? and the the teams and the you know the like all the tagging stuff other than the actual who's in the picture and what are they doing part of it like you can even have the rest of the caption written out if it's in this championship game or between these two teams or something like that like that you can definitely save time if you write all that stuff down in the stationary pad before you do that but other than that i mean this is this is pretty much it we had a
0: we did it no didn't we uh
1: we had an episode we did yeah we had a whole episode on uh workflow so i would go back Find and it. <laughs> search for that i don't remember yeah i don't remember what number it is but you can just search for workflow i'm sure it'll come up but i mean this is you know you're saving time by locking them in the camera and not having to download everything to your computer and then you're just looking at the 10 or 15 ones you want to send at a time or something that's that's all good you know, I guess getting it as right in the camera as possible, so that you're not doing very much in Photoshop, is probably pretty important. But other than that, I mean, it's pretty much it.
0: Um, I gotta really be nothing else. To add because I don't really send photos. This is by Kevin Sosa. Recently, I've been doing a lot of work in different hockey rinks and sports complexes. Complexes and all these facilities have different challenges and opportunities. What are some of the elements, light sources, walls, etc.? that you look for when working in a new environment to make a great photo that's interesting what do i look for
1: i think the answer is kind of contained in the question like you know are the are the arena lights in an interesting way like we saw that one volleyball picture where they were all kind of evenly spaced on the ceiling and the ceiling was wood Mm. and it looked really cool um So you're looking for things like that, looking like there, there's one place I go where the lights are like the stadium lights are way too far away from where I'm actually shooting, but they have these two big um, LED video boards and those provide the light. So I kind of arrange myself so that I'm using the light from those boards in place of the, the stadium lights. Walls, if, if there's like anywhere that has like a, I don't know, like a consistent color, like if you have all white walls or something, you can use that, or if it's got a, fl- a big flag painted on it or something. But this is all, it's all part of it. It's, um, walking around before getting there early enough and walking around and saying, oh, I could use this, or, um, where, where do I think the sun will be at the end of all of this when I'm shooting?
0: But I think like to me like that's probably the most important thing like the light source is the most important thing you know and but the thing is like it really depends on like time of day and also depends on if it's artificial lighting because they change a lot maybe sometimes they just use a spot for a certain event, or for climbing they use spot lighting you know like just just stop but i wouldn't really know until the actual event takes place and then boom there it is so you have to be quite flexible like don't get too attached to like one particular kind of characteristic of a particular venue so you can kind of plan your shoot around it but if it changes like the moment that you start shooting then you have to like not get too upset or surprised by it and you just have to like say okay you know i just have to just do whatever i can actually at this point i had all these like ideas planned around this new place but now i can't really use it because they've just changed it you know immediately but when the lights switched on it was not like what it was what i was uh, kind of expecting it to be lastly how can you do a silhouette like this, this was shot as a JPEG, so I'm presuming he sent uh the white bounce to give it the uh, it this glow. As uh, so I think this picture was made during the middle of the day rather than late evening. This is by Tom Beery. I'm gonna have a look.
1: Couldn't have been in the middle of the day.
0: No, it can't be in the middle of the day. It should be like late because yeah. the sun's quite low now at this point. Yeah, so it's like late day. I don't well, think it's very difficult to do all no, this one. Find a goal, find a guy with a glove, find a goal, ball, and find a guy to kick it, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean I don't even know that the because the color could just be from the flare of the lens. The old uh Nikon seventy two hundred, the first one, if you if you let it flare, it would it would do this thing where the you know, where the light would turn mostly gold like this, so you know the, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's it doesn't look like this was necessarily shot with that lens, but it could have been, so I don't know
0: I think it's quite straightforward, no, like yeah. I don't understand like why this is I like, mean it doesn't totally like do to this. your
1: eye it, it, when when he was shooting this, it didn't look like this, you know like it, it was mm-hmm. definitely
0: no no no, no, no yeah right. yeah, you can so, see everything right yeah not, it so, so yeah,
1: he definitely underexposed it, and I'm guessing that there was some kind of lens flare. Um, that was involved in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, this isn't too hard. I mean, you know, this is, again, one of those things where if you're going out there with your friends or something like that, it's relatively easy to just keep shooting it until it works.
0: I hope we did a good job of answering your question. If you want to ask, if you are a Patreon supporter, so if you actually give money to us, like, you know, over $10 a month, um, you can ask questions. We should be asking more questions. I don't understand why we don't actually get that many questions. You should ask, be asking more. So please go to patreon.com BLFS. And that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash B-L-F-S. And see you next time.
1: we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're gonna prove you wrong with... CRUSH COUNTER! Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy.
0: And we looked for some photos again this month and it obviously isn't very, very easy. We'll go back to the suggestions, but you know, since there's a lot of events, we thought we'd go and take a look at golf, which was suggested by Matt's wife. So thank you, Jackie. We really appreciate it. Not that you really care because you won't be listening to the show anyway, but you know, I thought you, you should get the credit that you deserve. We have Masters where Sergio Garcia won. I don't care either. No, I don't really care either, but we should have a look. We will have this up on the uh, the website you'll be able to basically see like what we are talking about so Matt Cohen which one did you choose? I chose number nine Um, it
1: is Kim Si-woo chipping onto the 13th green and it's by Matt Slocum of the AP so um, you know this isn't that uncommon of a picture it's the in the dying sun I guess coming through the trees and the golfer's wearing all white and the photographer has underexposed it to the point where the background and the foreground are all black and the only thing that you can see are the the golfer and the ball and a little bit of light on the putting green. Um, So the reason why this one is good is that usually it's a tight shot or it's just the golfer and the ball. I really like how this one is balanced by the slope of the the little hill going up to the green, and then the sunlight on the actual green itself. Um, this this isn't like it's in it's a picture that most people, especially most people starting out, aren't gonna make because you really have to go for it. You have to underexpose it to the point where you're losing all of the green grass. Like if you were just looking at this with your eyes, um, all that would be green. And so you really have to know what you're doing to say, OK, well, I can I can just get rid of the foreground and the background by underexposing it. Um, but the reason that this is good is because of the the splash of sun on the green is balancing the whole picture. So instead of it being just the player and the ball in a black background, it gives you like a lot more context than you would ordinarily see in a picture like this. So that's why I like it.
0: Um, and how would you shoot it? you're in a similar situation like what's the one things that you have to kind of be you know looking out for when you have when you want to shoot something like this well you're
1: you're looking for a situation where the the light is hitting what you wanted like the subject in a certain way that you can expose for that subject and by doing so you're underexposing for everything else so there this isn't a picture that you're going to be able to make at noon because the light that is hitting the player is going to be the same light that's hitting everything else but it's just the way the way that everything is being blocked i'm guessing by trees and then the fact that he's below um so you can't even see where he's standing because where he's standing would probably be um in that in that same light as well so it's just you kind of have to know the, the physical features of the setting that you're shooting in and then the the exposure, there has to be a big difference in the exposure between the subject and the background. And that kind of stuff only happens like very early in the morning or very
0: late in the evening. Um, Yeah, I like the shot. Like I really do. I think it's a very, very good shot. It's, you know, very simple. And the lights are just fantastic. Um, could it be better? Yeah, because like the action itself is to me, it's quite ordinary because you know the guy's hitting the ball and it's golf is very difficult in that sense that there's not that much action besides a guy swinging swinging his uh, his club that's really it's all that's happening and walking and maybe celebrating or being depressed and the actual motion itself of swinging a golf club is exactly the same every single time there's no difference I think I might have actually like said something about uh sports that has got Repetitive movements, like re- re- exactly the same repetitive movements are very difficult to do because there's not that many variations in the actual movement of the athlete. Um, but golf, thank God, has different backgrounds usually because the uh, golf courses are different from every place. But it's a shitty sport. But um, it's, a, it's a very nice picture, this one. So, my, the one I chose was by Lee Westwood. And it's by David cannon um off getty and this is a bunker shot so you've got like but the most interesting thing that i thought was that there's actually two bunkers separated by a piece of grass you know in the middle i think it's just the fact that you came up with this idea to actually you know have this kind of composition i thought it was very very good different colors but what i really don't like about it is the background yeah which it's is, bad yeah it's bad, it's bad. I don't know if he could actually shift it to the left to actually cover the grasses on the right, but it's uneven, which it, it takes you out of the whole picture
1: immediately. Yeah, yeah it and either needs done. to be just the dark trees or it needs
0: to be all fans. Yeah, and... or it needs to be just the bunker and in the, the foreground. That's it. So yeah, that's I think he, the, he the, was.
1: You know what? Honestly, I think that he was too.
0: He should have for, like just said, I don't need the ball. Yeah, because ball's not important. At no. All, like, at all in this one. Like who cares, you know, because your eyes are not going to like, oh, the ball's there. Who, fuck, who, gives, who gives a fuck? It doesn't really yeah. matter, you know? But, you know,
1: this is like to Kevin's question a little bit earlier about, you know, looking like you could consider the the sand in this picture to be like a light source. And then you try to figure out mm-hmm. how can I make that look like, um, you know, not just like, because if that line wasn't there, it wouldn't be anywhere near as interesting a picture. No. Like the, the designer of the course kind of set this up and then it was the photographer who recognized okay that strip of green going through there's going to be something that people don't ordinarily see and therefore it's going to be a lot more interesting
0: yeah how would you shoot it you need an angle to be able to actually see the entire scene so if you're lower you won't be able to see it that well because it all depends on the angle like if you're higher you can be actually seeing the strip of green going down the middle a lot better if you're lower you won't be able to see it it will also be covered by the golfer itself right so you're just going kind to of imagine and by the way these things are very very interesting to for you to practice at home if you see a specific like sports photograph and like see how that was shot but we're doing exactly that over here in uh cross counter is exactly how it was shot and how it would have actually been shot differently if the angle was different so you just kind of have to imagine in your head like think about it being like a 360 thing and if i lower myself to where the the level of the golfer is in angle wise then the golfer is going to basically bisect that that line that's actually going through the middle that's a no-no you want to basically make sure the golfer is the entire background of the golfer is going to be all the entire bunker which then you will have to then yourself need to be a lot higher that's not to say if the golfer is bisecting that line or doing something with the background would actually destroy the picture. It won't be. It will be a different picture. But for you to actually shoot this type of picture, you'll need to make sure the entire golfer will need to be in... Uh, the, the background will have to be... So you have to basically make, make sure you're high enough that the golfer's background is going to be the bunker. That's it. So that's be high, 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 high. It'll be like if you're very, very high. If you're just going from, you know, from the top, it will just be the bunker. And... The golfers from down, and that's the entire background will be the bunker. So, you have to be thinking all these things all the time. Um, and as Matt and I said, like, the actual background of this is a no no, and it's a shame because I think it would be a really, really good picture had it not been for the ball. And just to add, if you wanted to take this, like, if your assignment was that you have to have the ball in it all the time, I would have just like taken a shot of him practice swinging because they usually do that before they shoot and it would have been fine he could have actually got the shot as well
1: i'm thinking that he probably couldn't have gotten any closer
0: no he couldn't got any closer. but he could have just probably angled down or he could just like you know zoomed in a bit more you know it would have been really, really like it would be really, really it would be a really cool photo if it's done that way what a shame and that ends our cross counter And with that, we end the 63rd episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with 2Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us better yet. Do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that doll in your pocket, Please go to patreon.com slash B L F S. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash B-L-F-S. To recap Facebook, website, blog, iTunes, and donate via patreon.com. Rings repeat love us more. See you next month. I'm doing it now, and uh, yeah, so be worthy. We basically that, um, you know, and we, you know, I don't know, level of, of um, you know, but yeah, you know, hopefully, um,
1: we um, you know, like it depends, right? So, you know, and and again, this is it,
0: and um, yeah, then excuse me, um, you know, so, um,
1: and I, you know, I don't, um,
0: you know, um. Guy is, uh, I can't. I just and uh, yeah, which episode? (laughs) Oh my god, let me do it again. Uh, On oh, wait, I can't say that. Let me do it again. It's good that I actually write decent, make it a lot better.